listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you live today from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. I hope you all had a lovely weekend. It's starting to heat up out here in Edmond. It's beautiful weather every single day. Great for taking walks, great for going swimming, and a lot of other fun things. Where can you find the truth? By watching the Key of David television program, checking the trumpet.com, reading the Philadelphia Trumpet News Magazine, and listening to programs on KPCG at kpcg.fm, particularly the Trumpet Daily Radio Show and Trumpet Hour, you will notice how much God's work has to expose lies. All the time, especially 2020. This year will probably go down in history as the year of the lie. Every major news story is founded upon a lie. This entire year, the impeachment here in the United States of a duly elected president after numerous investigations that wasted millions of taxpayer dollars came up completely empty a totally partisan attack by the radical left no truth in that entire impeachment proceeding there was never any justification to begin that proceeding but even after it totally failed so many opponents of the president still want to get him out of office. No justification for it. No actual tangible wrongdoing. They just happen to disagree with him and hate him. And the moment the impeachment sham failed, it was on to the coronavirus. And how do we know that so much of that was dishonest? Look at the protests the last couple weeks where all of a sudden major prominent doctors are saying that it's fine to go out and be among tens of thousands of people in the street as long as you're protesting police brutality against black people. That is totally okay. That is the one reason where it is completely justified to... Ignore all social distancing guidelines. Maybe you wouldn't even have to wear a mask out there. But then they they also, these same doctors also said, just be mindful that if you are gathering in large groups of people or for any other reason at all, that's where we have a problem. (laughs) Just pretty incredible hypocrisy there. The moment that there is a cause that the left wants to protest and riot about, the entire lockdown of the last several months becomes completely irrelevant. And then even the riots themselves. 
completely founded upon a false premise. The entire country agreed in this situation in Minnesota where it did look like there was police wrongdoing. We, we could see the video. It certainly seemed as if some misconduct took place by the police. But then that was immediately taken as an example that police brutality is a widespread issue and that it specifically targets one race. When do they ever cite the statistics when trying to prove that? It was either 2018 or 2019 where there were, I believe it was 10 unarmed black men killed by the police. Eight of them tried to attack the police using just their bare hands and were dealt with accordingly. And the other two, I believe, were actually prosecuted for that happening. But in a country of hundreds of millions of people, well over 300 million, 10 deaths, eight of them justified, and two of them correctly prosecuted by the justice system, does not make a widespread problem. It does not back up this claim that police are on the hunt for minorities. It just simply isn't true. Now, it does seem like the, the vast majority of people in the United States, if made aware of any sort of injustice that's going on, will earnestly desire for that injustice to be taken care of the right way, for that injustice to be completely eradicated. But if there is no epidemic in this area, why is the entire country burning? It's completely without any justification at all. The latest Key of David television program uh, drew attention to this scripture. Mr. Gerald Flurry quoted John 8, verse 44, and you'll hear this all the time on the Trumpet Daily Radio show too. You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You can find other verses in the Bible, too, that talk about Satan being the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Revelation 12, verse 9. Ephesians 2, verse 2. Satan is in charge. And he is a murderer and a liar. And his subjects, the vast majority of deceived mankind, will naturally follow him. Because he's the master broadcaster. He's so good at infecting human minds with his wrong moods, attitudes, and impulses. At stirring people up emotionally to where they ignore all the facts, all the truth. So where can you actually turn to find the truth? While the country burns, while the country 
ignores the lockdown because apparently the lockdown was never necessary in the first place. While the country tries to dispose of its president for no reason, in the midst of all of this insanity and all of these egregious lies, where can you turn to find the truth? There really is only one place that not only will give you the truth, but also give you hope that will also offer real solutions. And there is one very big reason we know this to be the case. You can actually look into the way this work was founded, the way it started. And you can know that God directed every bit of it. And you can understand why this work is not accountable to any human being. There is no corporation behind this work paying us money to have a certain slant on the things we speak about. There are no human beings who comprise our audience who determine the subjects we cover and the angle that we take because we're not accountable to anyone except for God. And like I said, the way this work started is absolute proof of that. The late educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong wrote about how the worldwide church of God began, how God started working with him, and how basically God made sure throughout Mr. Armstrong's entire life that he wasn't reliant on anyone but God. God made it impossible for Mr. Armstrong to look to anyone else. In the August 1971 Tomorrow's World magazine, Mr. Armstrong wrote an article titled, Why This Work is Unique. And as Mr. Armstrong often did, he summed up a massive subject very succinctly, in a very pithy manner. He just gave us the broad scope of human history leading up to God calling him. He talked about how Christ founded God's church in 31 AD. And just two years later, Satan set up a great false church, a counterfeit to the one true church. He talked about how this false church decided that they could grant human beings forgiveness from sin. And yet the way that they said they could do that is by offering penance. So you pay a little bit of money and then human leaders within that church can basically get rid of your guilt. It has nothing to do with the law. They, they teach that the law is done away. Throughout the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages, as Mr. Armstrong covered, the Bible was nearly wiped out, nearly completely abolished. Because if that happens, then only a few leaders at the top of a great false church can tell all 
professing Christians what that book says and what to believe. Mr. Armstrong shows how even the Protestant movement, when it did strike upon some truth, was still often in the dark. They had some truth, and yet the errors more than canceled out all the truth that they did discover. And eventually, after well over a millennium of religious incompetence with all of these lies pretty much undermining every branch of religion, a new movement took root. And this, this new movement was anti-God. It was German rationalism, evolution, intellectualism, materialistic education, where human beings decided that they had the authority to criticize and even scoff at the very existence of their own creator. And as Mr. Armstrong wrote in this August 1971 Tomorrow's World article, all of this history, repeated failures of man's religion, and then the darkness of modern education led right up to God starting to work with him. He talks about how it became common for human beings just to want to conform to rationalism and intellectualism. He called it an atheistic tidal wave. This was the context of him starting to learn the truth of the Holy Bible. This was in the 1920s and he was challenged like so many of us on the radio and in articles have, have discussed before he was challenged. He had a dual challenge to face. He had to disprove evolution because he was ridiculed for being foolish for not believing evolution. And he also had to prove that God commands us to keep Sunday. Yes. He tried as hard as he possibly could to prove that that God keeps Sunday as his day and that we all should too. <laughs> well, you might, you might realize that God's church today, the Philadelphia church of God keeps Saturday instead. So clearly Mr. Armstrong was proven wrong in this area. He had to actually learn <laughs> that sometimes the way God thinks does not align with the way we think as human beings. That sometimes we don't have all the truth and we don't know everything. Of course, that can be a pretty humbling experience, but how much better off we are for that when that type of awakening takes place in our minds. Mr. Armstrong described it as the truth reluctantly emerged. <laughs> I was faced with an uncomfortable decision. I didn't want to accept it. To do so meant some doing. It meant being a doer of God's law, 
not a hearer only. And that doing meant persecution, probably the ridicule of former friends and business acquaintances, but to reject it meant to be deliberately dishonest. It meant to knowingly disobey God, and I had come to see what the consequences would be. Do we see what the consequences are when we look around in America at the issues I was talking about earlier or around the entire world? Do we see what the consequences are when we go contrary to God's way and God's law? Pretty obvious what the rotten fruits are. Mr. Armstrong was someone who had the integrity to believe and to do what he knew was right. That is actually shockingly uncommon today. It's one thing to be proven wrong. It's another thing to actually change. Yet that's what Mr. Armstrong did. He gave his entire life over to God. That takes a lot of humility a childlike, humble, teachable attitude. He realized that his mind naturally is hostile toward God, Romans 8, verse 7. And he surrendered. And this actually affected every aspect of God's work, the work that God built through Mr. Armstrong. This unique way of learning God's truth, of actually studying it one doctrine at a time by himself without being put through a theological seminary, without being indoctrinated in a worldly, secular, educational institution, but just really trying with an open mind to prove the truth for himself. This way of learning did set the foundation for the entire work. When Mr. Armstrong started Ambassador College in 1947, he was the only one at the time, really, who had godly teaching credentials. He was the only one capable of teaching at, his, at the college that God set up through him by relying on God's word, by relying on the Bible. So Mr. Armstrong of necessity did have to hire scholars and professors who were not a part of the church. People who had been brought up in a worldly education dominated by evolution. But Mr. Armstrong didn't just let the college spiral out of control because of that fact. He was totally in charge of the way the college operated. He appointed himself in power over those professors, and he was the only one to, allowed to teach the Bible classes. He would also sit in on the other non-Bible classes at Ambassador College. And, and Mr. Armstrong talks about these other examples of 
maybe a preacher or another religious man who would try to set up his own college or try to be non-denominational so that he could preach for every different kind of church that would have him attend services with them. And like I alluded to already, those examples only proved that those men were not free to teach the truth. The one preacher example Mr. Armstrong gave was basically a preacher for hire. Whichever church would have him, he would have to preach according to what that specific church already taught. Even if he knew truth in the Bible that contradicted those beliefs. And then when he'd go to another church the next week, he would have to teach according to those different beliefs, which already contradicted not only the beliefs of the Bible, but of the the very beliefs that he had taught at a different church the week before. You see, by trying to not be tethered to any one church, that preacher was actually less free to teach the truth than anyone, pretty much. John 8, verse 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Mr. Armstrong had this experience with the Sardis era of God's church, the fifth church era. He came into contact with this church as it was spiritually dead up in Oregon. And he was on salary to preach certain things. Yet, as Mr. Armstrong had his mind opened up to new truth by God, the rest of that church, at least the leadership in that church, would not accept the truth. And they wouldn't let Mr. Armstrong teach the truth. So he gave up that salary and pretty much God set up something entirely new working only through him. The lamp, the light of God's truth was moved. And it was because the people currently in that church wouldn't accept the truth. It led to Christ leaving them. That is a dangerous result of rejecting truth. God is not with us when we reject the truth. Mr. Armstrong talked about how he had no strings attached. He would not be muzzled. He would not be silent when it came to teaching God's truth. It didn't matter what any group of people told him to teach. It didn't matter what any human being taught him. If that teaching ended up contradicting what the Bible actually says. And that was the way he established ambassador college. That was the way the whole work always operated under Mr. Armstrong. And when he died in 1986, it wasn't too long until God raised up the Philadelphia church of God. And it has that same foundation, not being tied to any corporation or any group of supporters telling us what to say. Mr. Armstrong writes here, 
in the Tomorrow's World magazine of August 1971, again in an article titled, Why This Work is Unique. But Ambassador College today could not be God's college if I had relied on men, instead of relying solely on God. At all times, God has been kept at the head of these campuses and of his work. That is why this entire work is different from anything else on the face of the earth in our time. This is the only place you can turn for not just the truth, but also for the hope, for the solutions coming straight out of the Bible, not tainted by peer pressure, by human beings with an agenda. It is just God telling us what to say, telling Mr. Flurry what to say, everyone else supporting him. Mr. Armstrong concludes here, the moral for you is this. In your personal life, in all that you do, make God the head of it and rely solely and altogether on him and on him alone. Then it will be a success. Otherwise it will fail. Unless God builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. He's referring there to Psalm 127. And I'll just read that here to conclude. Psalm 127, verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. What about the house of America? The cities in America. Have they been built by God? Are they accepting God's truth or is all of this building all of this great nation being built up in vain apart from God pretty much today it's, this nation is being torn down apart from God too verse 2 it is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows for so he gives his beloved sleep. See, you could get up early, slave away all day long, working as hard as you possibly can. Yet it won't amount to much apart from God. Verse 3, Psalm 127, verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Why did this chapter all of a sudden pivot to having children? Why did this chapter all of a sudden start talking about the family? Is it any surprise that family breakdown has led to National breakdown has led to a total rejection of the truth, which has led to riots in all of our major cities. It all gets back to that. And so in these chaotic times where it's harder than ever to find the truth, you have to know where it really is coming from. It's only coming 
from God's work. And only God's work can offer you the hope that you truly need in these scary times. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 1130 a.m. Central Time.